InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to, welcome, what is it, Thursday already? Jeez, I can't believe how fast it's going. Welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I've returned to Invest Talk from my Northern California trip to San Jose for portfolio reviews. I was there all day yesterday, and Justin did the show for me, so as many of you may know, I, I go there quite often, at least once a month, and my next trip is already scheduled. I'll be there on November 7th. That's a Wednesday. I like to go in the middle of the week because I got so much to do at the beginning and at the end of the week. So Wednesday is my best day, and that's why I kind of tend to schedule it that day. So if you want to meet with me up in San Jose again, I will be back All for all you Talk listeners. But for those who can't make it up there or can't make it even into our Southern California offices where I'm, where I'm always stationed, you, know, you can, we can get together. I mean, I can take a look at your portfolios, no cost, no obligation, and review your your portfolios for you, sit down, talk to you, you know, uh, so I can do that. But if you want to meet with, meet with me on November 7th in San Jose, now's the time to register. Do it now before the time fills up. So if you want to do a meet with me in my day point office, you can do that anytime. I'm there quite, you know, all the time. So... You know, I can do it. We can do it over the phone if you can't make it to California. We can do it over the phone. I can do a Skype. We can do all kinds of things. So I encourage you to do do that. Contact me. And you can call me anytime right now on today's program, 888-99-CHART. We're taking calls. We always take them, right? It's a 24-hour, seven days a week, but we're live right now. Well, the Dow and the S&P and the NASDAQ all opened down this morning. Got pretty ugly there for a little while, so... The sell-off was, uh, you know, was pretty steep, especially compared to recent history. I mean, we almost got, what, 300 points intraday on the Dow? Down. So the yield curve has steepened, by the way. That's actually a good thing. But that, but that was one of the reasons why the market was down. The yields on bonds were rose sharply, meaning that the value of the bonds fell sharply. And the stock investors didn't like that. It's too fast. Not that they don't mind the direction, they mind the speed of it. So today on the program, I encourage you to participate. We want to talk about that? I'll talk about that. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Now here's a provocative uh, combination headline I saw this morning. Global market strength stocks lower. Did China hack Apple? Now we know that stocks hunker down today. We know that. At the start of the trading day and stayed low. and made a little comeback, but not much by the end of the day. And it was all about the bond and the dollar and the weaknesses in those two assets. And, you know, we could talk about it. I, I, I have information on that that maybe we can share. But there's also a report circulating that claims China programmers have hacked into Apple's technology. Is that true? Now, all three supply companies involved in reporting uh, in the reported China hack 
have disputed parts of that account. In other words, they're saying no. And the FBI and the Office of Director of National Intelligence have declined to comment. So we'll say we'll see if what that story if that story proves false or has some legs. We'll see. Now, yesterday, Justin talked about the housing market slowdown. And you know I've been writing about it in the newsletter for months because it started in the summer that, you know, then something doesn't look right in the housing market. And today we have a related story. Mortgage fraud risk has jumped more than 12% year over year at the end of the second quarter. Mortgage fraud. This is not good. I want to take a look at that a little bit deeper with you today. But first, let's go to the question that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. I was looking into some REITs, and I know it's not a great time to get into them, but I wanted to get your opinion on DOC, D-O-C. It's a medical REIT, and I thought that it would be a good time with the way that the market's going and with baby boomers coming up in age that maybe this REIT would be something to take advantage of. So if you just look at the technicals and the fundamentals and let me know what you think, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Okay, when anybody, whenever you call and ask a question about a stock or an ETF or a mutual fund, I need the symbols. I need the symbol of it so I can look it up. Um, I can, we can talk about REITs in general. Uh, I can look it up myself, but I don't have the time and, and, or the inclination to do it on the show when I when you just, what was the symbol? Type it. B-O-C. Or doc, D-O-C, dog. Okay, uh, Physicians Realty Trust. So D-O-C, doc, real estate investment trust investing in 280 properties located in 30 states. So just as a reminder, make sure you give me the symbol and do it slowly. <laughs> I'm old. So, you know, D-O-C is the symbol. Um, let's talk about REITs. REITs are interest rate sensitive. So if interest rates go up, REITs tend to weaken because they use a lot of debt. Okay, and this REIT doesn't use nearly as much debt as I've seen other REITs do. It's not as indebted. So it might hold up a little bit better. But always remember that REITs, real estate investment trusts, use debt to grow. And when debt costs more and more and more money, their profit margins get squeezed, or the assumption is that their profit margins are going to get squeezed, and the stock price usually goes down. The stock selling for $16 is going to make $1.12 next year. So it's right around, what, 15 PE? And that's fairly reasonable, okay? It pays a 5.8% dividend, and that is also fairly reasonable. That's not out of line. Remember, REITs have to pay 90% of their profits in the form of a dividend to qualify as a REIT. And if they qualify as a REIT, they don't have to pay any um, uh, corporate income tax. The people, you know, We do when they pay us the dividend. So, uh, you know, I do like health properties uh, uh, and because they are much more... Um, much more resilient in a down market, in a down economy, in a slowing economy. Because people are still going to need health care. That's not going to slow down or stop or anything. So if you're going to be in a REIT, this is the area that I would prefer, which is the health care REITs. Okay. Um, I would say we have mortgage REITs. I would say from apartment and housing REITs. You know, anything that uses lots of debt. 
And this does carry debt, but it's not nearly as much as others. So is there a time to buy? I would be patient here. I wouldn't be buying anytime soon yet. I would wait between, you know, be ideal around 14, 1450, somewhere around there. It's a $16 stock. And I would be patient and wait. Don't buy it yet. Just keep it on your radar. Just keep looking at it for a while. If it gets down to 14, 14, 50, then you can buy it. Here's a worrisome news development. Mortgage fraud is getting worse as more people lie about their equity, their income, to qualify for loans. They, you know, there's, they're, they're lying. They, they, by the way, this article came from CNBC. Home values are high. Mortgage rates are going up. It's The housing market is pretty competitive. And buyers want to get in before it's too late. At least that's in their mind. Frankly, I think it's too late to get in. You, you now wait for the next cycle down. Uh, but in a, lot of incre- in a lot of an increasing number of, of home buyers are lying and cheating to get in. They say the that has jumped in this last year by 12%, the number of fraud applications, fraudulent applications. And it, it measured six fraud indicators, identity, income, occupancy, property, transaction, and undisclosed real estate debt. So that means one in every 109 mortgage application is estimated to have indications of fraud on it. Trust me, when you lie on that, and if they catch you, you they can call the loan on you. You could go to jail in some some situations. Depends on how bad you're lying or what you're lying about. It's pretty shocking, I think. You know, I mean, uh, there's even a website out there. There's a website out there on online services that will not only generate fake pay stubs but also will answer phone calls to confirm your pay on the, on the Internet. That's what they do. They charge your fee to lie for you. Man, very risky stuff. Now, looking at the studio clock, I can see we're about to take a quick break, so let me pause here. I will finish the story on the other side of the break if we want to talk about more. You might use this minute, this one-minute timeout, to text your friends or and... To, to tune in right now, listen to Invest Talk, or you could do it on listen to us live on investtalk.com as well, or call with questions yourself. 888 99 chart. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. October is moving fast. And here's a suggestion that could change your future. Head over to investtalk.com, read about the many strategic investing programs which are offered to clients of KPP Financial. And while you're there at investtalk.com, be sure to take the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. Now, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So we're talking about mortgage fraud. What's the good news? Well, mortgage fraud, mortgage fraud tips are on the rise. So if you are in the process of making a home purchase, play by the rules. People are, you know, more and more of this stuff is getting reported. So if you want professional guidance, you know, from me or Justin, just give us a call. I encourage you to reach out. 
Call us at KPP Financial. You can call our Data Point California office or send me a message through investtalk.com. Love to talk to you. The main talking point today, what we're going to discuss, at least one equity strategist is arguing for a bearish outlook in the technology and consumer discretion sectors. So we'll look at two big red flags for the stock market. Now you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Experts are often wrong, but we want to talk about that. Okay, I want to talk about that. I want to also mention here, maybe not a full talking point, but mentioning the cost of health health uh, health insurance, medical insurance that we are paying, and how much it has risen in recent years. GM beats Tesla and latest autonomous driving tests. Now, I looked at this report, and it's uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, it tested. Uh, it's from Consumer Reports. So I wanted to talk about this autopilot stuff, and it was interesting. Uh, even though GM beat Tesla, I think Tesla still got the edge. I want to talk about that. So what stocks are most sensitive to rising uh, bond yields? You saw that happen today. The bond yields really spiked the up, therefore driving the price of bonds down. What stocks or sectors are most sensitive to that? Remember, the market was down. The Dow was down 201 points today. The Nasdaq down 146, and the S&P down 24. But the Dow was down close to 300 during the intraday, so it made a little bit of comeback. And finally, optimism can cost you big time. Optimism in business, especially if you're self-employed, can cost you a lot of money, cost you to go, go bankrupt. Optimism. Isn't that interesting? I'm going to share this story. This is a study done by the London School of Economics. So I thought that was, I enjoyed reading that one for some reason. So what do you want to talk about? As I said, the market was down pretty good. We're seeing volatility. Volatility is returning. And you know, if you listen to the show, you know I've warned you that October is usually volatile. And today gives you a little taste of that volatility. And it's only October 4th. We're probably going to see more, but I've told you that the market usually is uh, weak in October and some and has some of the worst market days in history, but also at the same time, it usually bottoms in October, so it's the best time to get in the market. So which is it? Which is it? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I understand that many investors can have potential trepidation, can be unsure of how much portfolio money to risk. Be happy to talk about it. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock ideas into a concise summary every Friday. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. It's a great value and a must-have for above-average investors. You are listening to InvestTalk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Jay from Santa Rosa. I had a question about Y charts or another service. When you guys are looking up like the estimated earnings and expected earnings for a stock for this year, next quarter, 
quarter after that, next year, that kind of stuff. Is there a website besides YCharts that does not have a subscription fee or a service fee that you can see the estimated earnings on the share, the the, uh, current earnings, the sales for the company, and all that kind of stuff? Thanks. I look forward to your answer, and have a good day. Bye. Yes, all that information's all over the web. It's all over many business uh, business uh, uh, websites, but they'll never give it to you. Remember, they're teasing you too. They only give you part of what the whole story is. That's why I love Y charts so much. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not free, but it's pretty reasonable, and you get in depth analysis of everything, all the earnings estimates, forward, backward. Ten, you know, profit margin. You know, it's so in depth, and you can build, build your own spreadsheet to, to build your own search engines, and that it's really powerful and easy to use. So, but yeah, that information is free. You can get it free. But I, you want to know where? Okay, MarketWatch.com has it. Yahoo Finance have it. MSM Money has it. All that information is free. It's very difficult to find. And you know, I've always talked about uh, 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 finviz.com. Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. Uh, That's also very good, but it, it's free. But none of them have the robustness that you're really looking for, to be honest. You, none of them have that. That's if You're going to have to pay for it. And, and I very seldom tell you where to go get it. We've been using white charts for years now. Um, yeah, you, you have to pay for it, but it's worth the money. But totally up to you. You know, it depends on how 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 how, how good you want to be at this, how how uh, in depth you want to look at these things. And remember, you're trying to compare sectors and stocks quickly with each other. You know how much hard work that is to do that on the, without having a good database that you can you know find and search for things fast. Anyways. We love white charts. And not just because they're a sponsor of ours, because we've been using it for years and haven't been a sponsor of ours. You know. Today's main talking point, at least one equity strategist is arguing for a bearish, bearish uh, outlook in technology and consumer discretionary stocks. Two big red flags. Okay, and this is out, this is uh, out by Margaret Stanley, by the way. They're the ones that has bearish outlooks on technology and consumer, dis- consumer discretionary. And why do they have that bearish outlook? It's it's pretty simple to see, really. Um, they on the technology side is because they're overpriced. That's what they say. I'm, I'm trying to you know they have a huge article. I'm trying to just give you a, break it down. They're looking at uh, historical P.E. ratios, P.A. ratios compared to the overall market, P.A. ratios to themselves. It's overpriced, the technology sector. And what's really interesting is that they broke it down to where is it, which technology? It's software, not hardware, software. Hardware, they say, is 25% underpriced. Isn't that interesting? It's the software that's really expensive. Software. Hmm. On consumer discretionary, consumer discretionary, they also think that's even worse, worse than technology. It's more overpriced. And you'll, if you look at it, you'll say, well, it doesn't seem that way. 
But see, you also have to start from a lower base with the consumer discretionary than you do from technology because technology is always more expensive. The PE ratio has always been elevated. So you're, you're looking for standard deviations from its norm. And they're saying the standard deviation from the norm and discretionary, uh, consumer discretionary is much worse than the standard deviations of technology. Now, I don't want to get too much into it because you're going to go, what, and start scratching your head. All, I, all you can take away is Morgan Stanley is bearish on these two sectors. Bearish. And when you're bearish on technology, that means you're late in the, in the cycle, in the economic and stock market cycle, because technology usually leads the market, not lags it. So is it leading now downward? Well, it hasn't turned down yet. They are just looking forward and saying, hmm, don't like the way it looks out there. That's why we're saying it's a couple of red flags. And a couple of red flags is not enough for you to panic out. It's not. Because I can find you some green flags out there as well. Okay. Now, tomorrow on Invest Talk, Honda will invest $2 billion in GM's cruise subsidy. Cruise. GM's cruise. And I'm... I'm, they had a, they did a test. I was going to talk about it today. Maybe I'll save it up for tomorrow. Consumer Report did a test on the same self-driving kind of thing. So we're going to get into it big time tomorrow. That's going to be tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they, too, can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. This is InvestTalk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. 
And by the way, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So let's go to Dennis in uh, Kansas City. How you doing? Good. How are you, Steve? I am good, and thank you for the call. Love the show. Thank you. Hey, um, I have a question about uh, Thought Industries, ticker symbol THO. Um, this seemed to be a victim of uh, tariffs. Um, you know, I was wondering if, if it has come down enough to uh, buy a position into this. Well, this is Thor Industries, everybody. Uh, manufactures recreation vehicles in the U.S., Canada, under the Airstream and other brand names. It's a $4.3 billion company. It's going to, it's made money. It's going to make more money this year and more money next year. $9.80 next year. It's an $82 stock. So here it is, what, 10 PE or so? 10 PE, maybe nine. And the five-year range is 10 to 21. So it's at the very low end of its range. So that would kind of hint to you, Dennis, that maybe it's a good time to buy. Return accuracy is 26%, which is very high. Here's the, the problems that it has that you have to like, you're going to have to mentally overcome to say, yeah, I guess I could buy it. One of it is sales shrink in the most recent quarter by 2%. That's the first time they have shrunk in two years. And that okay. is, you, you have to say, well, why did that happen? So they missed their numbers and the stock went from $105 down to 82 in like, what, three weeks? And now the question is, is it down far enough? And I'm going to say, Dennis, I don't think so. I think it can come down further. And th the reason why I worry about this is because of debt. The, I'm, I'm sorry, because of interest rate. Interest rates are going up. And these are pretty expensive vehicles to buy. And I have a feeling they're getting, they're getting some of that pain. I'd have to study it a little bit closer and get into it. But I think that's one of the problems why it's going to be. We're late in the economic cycle, and this stock is very sensitive to interest rates because people finance to buy these things, okay? So I, I think I'd be wait, wait another month or two. Let's see what the stock does before you consider it, okay? Thanks for the call, Dennis. I really appreciate that. Let's go to Abby in San Jose. How you doing, Abby? Good. How about yourself, Steve? Love your show. I'm good. Thank you for the call. DWT or DGAS? Is, is this a good time to get into those stocks? Which, what's the symbol again? It's DWT or DGAS. There are two symbols. They both uh, go against the oil prices, so. Okay. Um, let's take a look at these oil stocks. You know, oil prices have gone pretty high, and the stocks in those fields has done very well recently. It might be a little late to the game. That's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, it's not, you know, trying to figure out what stocks to buy. It's not all about just looking at the stock. It's also thinking about the industry, the sector, what affects this, that whole industry and sector. And oil stocks have been rising pretty sharply. And, of course, why? Well, one of the reasons is, is I, I ran... Um, sanctions and they can't get the oil in there another reason is you know economies around the world are starting to pick up so they push prices higher 
And now we're at a point where oil is pretty expensive. And oil stocks have done very well. Uh, my personal feeling is you have to turn away from this sector now and look for some other sectors. I think it's too pricey, the whole sector. So I, I, would, I would not, even though I, I, I own a, a couple of oil stocks, I, I don't think I'd be a buyer in that industry right now. I, I don't think so. I think it's too late for you. So move on, Ambi. Move on to something else. There's a million stocks out there. Well, not maybe a million, but a lot. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Barry in Sunnyvale. How you doing, Barry? Good, and you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Uh, thanks for the show. Uh, my question is on uh, Walt Disney. Uh, ticker is uh, DIS. I'd like to know when's a good time to get out, uh, sell. My average is about okay. uh, 104 right now. Okay, it's at 116 right now. So you've made a, a good, what, 12% or so on the stock? That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay, Disney. Disney, everybody knows who Walt Disney is, D-I-S. Now, Disney, you know, I just was talking about, you know, the sectors, and should we get into oil sector because it's done so well? Disney is a less sensitive, sensitive to the economic cycle because people keep going to movies. People go to theme parks. They, You know, surprisingly, they still spend money on vacations going to Disneyland, even during recession. So, that's not very. It's not really attached to this economic cycle. But let's take a look at the price. Is it expensive? And I don't have to go over what Disney does, but their earnings are going to go up 22% this year, another 6% next year, to $7.38, and it's a $116 stock. The five-year P/E ratio is 15 to 24. Today is 18. Next year is probably going to be 17. So it's still Fairly reasonably priced, Barry. It's not like overpriced on us. And I, I think it may still have a little place, you know, even though we're probably going to see some weakness here, I think it still has some legs to run. They've, they've been, their earnings have been very good. Their movies, they've had a lot of very uh, high grossing movies out this year. I don't know. Uh, it has moved up pretty fast in a short period of time from 109 to 116 in about two or three weeks. I don't think okay. it's overpriced. If, if you're going to sell it, you're, you know, this is a double top right in here where it's been, 116, 117. This is a good place to take profits, but it could just break right through the double top and keep rising. Boy, that's a tough call. To be honest, Barry, this is a tough call. Because you are at the beginning of October. October is usually kind of volatile, and and yet Disney is not overpriced. I think it's a tough call. You have to make that. If it's not a long-term hold for you, if it's not one of those core holdings, maybe you should just take the profits and leave. Okay? Disney, D-I-S is a symbol. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Rabib. How you doing, Rabib? Are you there? Hi. Uh, hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. You got a question? Yeah. Hey, I would like to know about the symbol P V P L. T is in Tom, V is in Victor, T is in Tom, and L is in Larry. 
no, P, P is for Paul. I wait oh, okay. PV. And that is another, there's two P's in it? Two P's and Paul's? Or? P, P for Tom, L for Larry. Okay. okay, let's see if I can pull it up. Pivotal Software? Is that the name, Pivotal Software? Yeah, 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 that's correct. Okay, let's take a look at it. Uh, it's a fairly new company. It's a IPO'd here uh, this just in uh, April. So that's very you know IPOs initial public offering. I mean, if it's now tr traded to the public, the public can own it. Before that was a private company. Um, try to remember that when a company goes out comes out as an IPO. The insiders, the people who own most of the shares initially, are the the, the company people who started it, the CEOs and people who started. It, they can't sell their shares for six months. After six months, they can start selling. This stock came out in April. April. What's six months from April? October. So notice the stock price collapsed here in the last couple of weeks, anticipating insiders probably selling. It's very common in an IPO. Okay, now is it worth to pick it up now that it's gone down pretty hard from $28 down to $19? Is it worth picking up? And I'll tell you, no. They don't make money. They're not going to make money this year. They're not going to make money in 2020. Not next 2019. They're going to lose money. Sales are growing. Well, what do they do? They provide cloud native platforms that make software development and IT operations and strategic advantage and blah, blah, blah. You'd have to look them up. It's a $5 billion company. They are selling, their sales growth is 30% or so in the last couple of quarters, 30%, which is pretty impressive, but they're not making any money. I wouldn't buy the stock because they're not going to make any money. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. PVTL, Pivotal Software. And we'll go to Farham in San Jose. How you doing, Farham? Hi, Steve. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and welcome back. Thank you. Thank uh, my question was on gold, and specifically the miner company, uh, ABX, Barrick Gold, if that's a okay. good way to invest in gold. Thank you. Okay, ABX. Uh, we happen to be in some of our accounts. We own ABX, uh, Barrick Gold Corporation, Canadian company engaged in production of gold, copper in Canada, U.S., Peru, Chile, and nine other countries. It's a $13.5 billion company, so it's large cap. They make money, have made, been making money for some time. They're going to make 55 cents this year per share and estimated 61 cents next year per share. But, you know, a few years ago, in 2012, they are making $4 a share. So that's why the stock is trading at $11.65. Four years ago, it was trading at 50 Okay, but now it's $11.65. Is it worth it now? Well, they're going to make $0.61. Cents. That means it's about a 19 PE. The five-year range for them is 9 to 49. It's a pretty wide range. Um, the chart shows that the stock double bottomed right around $9.60, oh, $9.70, double bottom. It went there in August and then retested it and went up and then came back down in September, and now it's been moving up. 
So what this is for him, this is a gold play. And yeah, if you want to go play gold, you do it through the miners. They are much, they move up much faster. They also move down much faster. So if you think that the gold is going to move, you buy the miners. Okay, and Barrett Gold is a very solid miner. They always make money. They just, it's very, you know, they go up and down. What you're looking for is if a dollar weakens, gold will go up. If uh, there's, uh, you know, trade war with China, gold will probably go up. If uh, there's wars of any kind, gold will go up. So I'm thinking the dollar is probably peaked. Okay, and therefore, gold has a really good shot of going up because I think the dollar has peaked. Okay, and it looks like the dollar is doing just the opposite, coming up to a double top and will fall back from that. So I, I think it is a very good hedge. Let's put it that way, Farham. It's a hedge against your other portfolio. You can hold, you know, gold will go its own direction. It doesn't just follow the stock market. It goes, gold miners go with with the weakness of the strength of the dollar. So if the economy weakens, we go into recession down the road in a year or two or three, these gold mining stocks usually work pretty good. Thanks for the call. I appreciate um, it. Sorry, Adam. So when you Thank say you. Um, the dollar weakens, um, does that yes. against which other currency or against a basket of currencies? Yes. You can see it by looking at an ETF UUP. It's the dollar index. It's a bullish dollar index, and it's against the basket of other currencies. And it rose in April all the way up until August, peaked in August, came down with a couple lower lows, and now it's trying to make a comeback. Uh, it, but you know, it looks to me that the chart has topped and is starting to roll over. So I, I think that you've seen the top of the dollar, which is a good sign for gold. And I do thank you for the call. Thank you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm C. Peasley, and I want to take a moment to thank the dedicated listeners, investors who sat down with me yesterday for a portfolio reviews in San Jose. And here's a heads up. I will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. November 7th. If you live in Southern California or any other part of the country, we can still set up. You don't have to be in person. We can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype conversation with you. Either one. We can do that. Okay, the phone lines are open, as you know, and have already fit in quite a few calls so far. So, But we still got time left. We got like 10 minutes left in the show, so you can call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news, sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Now, I know it's hard to believe, everybody, but the first week of October is almost over. I can't believe how fast it is. 
we still got about 10 minutes left, really. Time to give me, you know, if you want to talk about finance, any kind of financial questions, we'll do it. Give me a call, 888-99-CHARGE. On the next Invest Talk, Honda says it will invest $2 billion into GM's Cruise subsidiary, the future of self-driving cars. Steve will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Michael in Union City. How you doing, Michael? Uh, great. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I was uh, wondering, what are your thoughts on Rite Aid, R-A-D? Well, this is a stock at this point, and it's got a great brand name, Rite Aid. Everybody knows who they are. A lot mm-hmm. of people do. They have 2,500 stores in 19 states, you know. But this is a stock that is like a Vegas stock. You're going to roll a dice on this, and you, it, they're only going to make four cents a share next year. Well, actually, in 2020, four cents a share. They're going to lose a penny a share. They make. They're going to make in 2019. And last year, they made a penny. Their fiscal 2018 year made a penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a dollar fifteen stock. Sales have been falling for two years, but just recently they went up one percent in the most recent quarter. One percent. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those stocks. If you, Michael, you're probably thinking, okay, it's a dollar fifteen. It's probably going to turn mm-hmm. around because you know it's a big yeah. name thing. Everybody knows who they are, but it has no reason to turn around based on earnings and sales. But mm-hmm. you could take a shot. This is one of those stocks that you could roll the dice. You know why I'm thinking the dice might work, Michael? Is because I can see them being a buyout. Someone coming and right. buying them. Mm-hmm. You know, and what will they offer? Well, they offer a dollar fifty a share, from a dollar fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. You know, that, that's a pretty good return. But I think that it, it, you're taking a huge amount of risk on this stock. Okay, huge. Okay, because they did sell some of okay. their stores to Walgreens, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They did. Right, Aid, everybody. R A D is a symbol, but it's a big gamble. So be careful, Michael. Don't don't bet a lot of money on it if you're going to try it. And notice I use the word bet on purpose. Bet a lot of money on it, not invest. So why? So I want to know why optimism can cost you a lot of money. Why? If you're optimistic, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it, it's a big mistake to be over-optimistic because they often are. This is a London School of Economics did a study to show that too much optimism can cost owners 30% less on their profits than pessimists are. Also, too much optimism contributes to the business failure for entrepreneurs because they get too hyped up and excited about success, and they don't do enough homework to understand whether this business is going to succeed. They're just all excited about it and think they can, think they can make it work. And when they get too excited about it, I've seen this happen, by the way, over the years. Yeah, 
I have burst of many, many bubbles of young people trying to think that they can make it in business and said, okay, let's sit down and let's, let's work out a business plan. And as soon as you say that, half of them say, what's that? <laughs> okay, well, that, you got to have a business plan. And, the, and then when you start working on the business plan, you start going over how much time and effort and cost it's actually going to be to implement your idea. It, it you, you, You're too optimistic. You think that you're going to make a lot of money in a short period of time. No, you can, but more realistic is hard work. A year or two before you might see a profit. That would be normal. So now you got to have enough cash to hope to keep you going. It could be three years, four years. Depends on the business, of course. It could be a lot more years. But too much optimism causes a lot of pain for young entrepreneurs. And it's unfortunate because it, then it, it spoils your, your appetite to take risks and to be an entrepreneur. And I've been an entrepreneur for forever, it seems like. And I worked for a company for five or eight years, but I also was building houses and trying to do different things. And I made plenty of mistakes. Okay, plenty of them. But, uh, and I, w I could say that I was too optimistic as well in many aspects. So, you know, just, just try to ratchet down your optimism and be a little more realistic. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another InvestTalk program, driven by you, of course, your questions. I really thank you for that. And a reminder, our podcast listeners, I remind you that, you know, you will learn more about Charts. You will. They're our new sponsor on the podcast. And the maker of software that Justin and I use for serious research, data filters, and charting, we use it all the time. So, Charts, Take a look. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.